Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for 25 years. I'm a life coach, author, and speaker. I also work full-time as a process analyst in the power industry. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. I'm Jesse Tuggy, and I've had diabetes for nine years. I love hiking and painting. I'm looking forward to working as an engineer after I get my degree in college. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my life and my future, to learn everything I can about type 1 diabetes. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, bring on cool people with connections to type 1, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 108 of This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today we're talking about eye health and how to keep your eyeballs in good condition as a type 1 diabetic. But first we have the win, fail, and hack of the week. And my win this week will actually be kind of old by the time this episode airs, since we're actually recording this one two months ahead. But it's a win nonetheless. I have been going on weekend morning hikes here in Missoula. I've kind of been getting to know the area more and just getting a little bit more active. I think it's a win because I'm, well, I'm exercising more than usual, which feels good. And I'm also getting better at managing my numbers while it's happening since I go before I eat breakfast. So I go in a fasted state, basically. I've also been putting my pump on exercise mode, and I have one or two Smarty Rolls depending on my numbers before hitting the trail. And then I just adjust as I go. So hopefully the extra effort will pay off in the winter when I get back into skiing. So that first slope will not feel as terrible as it usually does. (laughs) All right, Jesse, what is the fail? All right. My failure this week. Well, okay. So when we release this, this will be like, we're recording this in like early July. So this is very much a summertime thing for most of the kids who are listening, our young adults who are listening to this is that I haven't been getting a enough sleep at night like good REM like solid sleeping for at least eight hours I know that getting really good sleep is a part of taking care of myself and at night specifically but with it being summer and it's my last summer with all of my high school friends and not just a couple of them I have been like prioritizing spending time with them rather than getting like really good sleep and sleep is so important and can definitely affect your blood sugars like on a whole nother level. Like you may not realize what's going wrong. And then you take like a real, like a day off and just sleep. And you're like, Oh, that was that problem. So definitely like make sure you're getting good sleep at night, even during the summers or like, even if you have to like say, no, I'm, I'm going to stay in for the night and, and just go to get some sleep. Like I've definitely had to do that before. And it's not always fun, but it's definitely prioritizing my long-term health over my short-term fun. And what's our Also, hack? sleeping off highs. Yes. Like, oh, I love doing that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So sleeping off a high is basically you have a really high blood sugar, like say it's 300 for over an hour. You take some insulin, you drink some water, you go to the bathroom, and then you just crash out because your body is exhausted. Like you get so like you don't realize it until you're asleep and you just like take a nap maybe an hour maybe like half an hour but it's just at least it's something 
And then by the time you wake up, your blood sugar is like almost perfect or it's almost all the way down. And it just, you feel so much better when you wake up. Like that is amazing. That happened to me those two times I had to do 1am site changes because my number just went up and up and up. And so I would change my site, give an injection to help kickstart it and go to sleep. Felt amazing in the morning. Okay, our hack this week is to set up your next doctor's appointment before you leave the office during your current visit. This really helps cut down on the mental energy spent trying to remember if you have to see the doctor soon. And oftentimes providers will give you these little reminder cards that you can put on your fridge or in your wallet or just somewhere that you know you'll have access to it. And this is especially useful for people who don't like making phone calls <laughs> because this takes care of the next appointment right away and that gets rid of the phone anxiety. And as type 1 diabetics, we see a lot of doctors. It's not just our endocrinologists. It's dentists. It's eye doctors. It's for the ladies out there, gynecologists, dermatologists, basically all of the doctor types. You might have to do all of those appointments at the same time and it can get overwhelming. So this episode is about eye health, your eyeballs. Those are pretty important things to see the world through. Sight or vision is actually ranked first in the hierarchy of senses, and many people take their vision for granted until it starts to go away. As type 1 diabetics, we need to be paying attention to our eyeball health, and perhaps even more than the average person because our risk of developing diabetic retinopathy. And a, a quick side note here, this episode is not about other eye problems like nearsightedness, farsightedness, or astigmatism, and other things like that. I actually have astigmatism in both of my eyes, and I'm nearsighted, so my glasses are nice and thick, and if I take them off, everything is not in focus. It's awesome. But neither of those things has much, if any, impact on the long-term complications that type 1 diabetics can experience in their eyes if they don't manage their numbers well over time. Retinopathy, glaucoma, and other eye problems are long-term complications of type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes that are more likely to develop if you don't take good care of your condition, meaning type 1 diabetes in this case. A 2004 issue of Diabetes Care Journal reports that diabetic retinopathy is the most frequent cause of new cases of blindness in adults from the ages of 20 to 74. Unfortunately, you might not know you have retinopathy until you start losing your vision, though that is the later or end stage of the disease. And this is why it's important to go to your eye doctor regularly and that that eye doctor knows that you have type 1 diabetes. That is very important. Some symptoms that may occur before blindness include sudden change in vision or blurred vision, eye floaters and spots. And I want to add more frequently, like I get these like floaters and stuff like that. And I've gone to the eye doctor. I go to him every year and he says they're normal, like on the lower end of things. So if you start to see them more frequently or just all of a sudden, that's when you really need to go see an eye doctor. You get double vision and eye pains. My eye doctors have always asked about my last A1Cs and my most recent eye doctor very, very thoroughly, like every time I saw him, explained what he was seeing in the photographs of my retinas. And every single time he would point at the diabetic retinopathy poster on the wall and he'd be like, have I explained this to you? And I'm like, yes, you have. Thank you. <laughs> so there's a few different types of uh, like eye health professionals that you might have heard of. The first one is a an optometrist. The next one is ophthalmologist, 
and then there's optician. So the difference between all of these, I even had a hard time keeping them straight. So healthline.com breaks it down really simply. An optometrist is an eye doctor that can examine, diagnose, and treat your eyes. An ophthalmologist is a medical doctor who can perform medical and surgical interventions for eye conditions. And an optician is a professional who can help fit eyeglasses, contact lenses, and other vision correcting devices. So in short, an optometrist can tell you if you have diabetic retinopathy, glaucoma, or it's pronounced glycoma or glaucoma. I've heard it pronounced both ways, just so you guys know, and other eye conditions, but an ophthalmologist would be able to do surgery to treat it. And opticians just do the glasses and contacts fitting, and they don't address any of the underlying medical issues. I actually remember the woman who taught me and my sister how to put on contact lenses. And she had like the perfect eyeballs with which to demonstrate it because they were just like very large. And she like, it was it was awesome. But she was an optometrist. She wasn't actually an eye doctor or an op, you know, those other words. <laughs> but if you're ever in doubt about which one to see, go to an optometrist first because they can refer you to an ophthalmologist if you need surgery and they can refer you to an optician if you need glasses or contacts. Now, diabetes.co.uk explains how uncontrolled blood sugars will damage the tiny blood vessels inside the retina. And this is a quote from their website. Weak, abnormal blood vessels can develop on the surface of the retina and leak fluid onto the center of the eye, blurring vision. This is known as proliferative retinopathy, the most advanced stage of the disease. Fluid can leak from the blood vessels into the center of the macula, the small, highly sensitive central area of the retina that provides our central vision, causing it to swell. This is known as macular edema, and this can occur at any stage of diabetic retinopathy. That's uh, the end of that quote. All diabetics, both type 1 and type 2, are at risk of diabetic retinopathy. And the risk goes up the longer you have diabetes. That does not mean that every diabetic will develop it, especially if you take good care of yourself. Keeping your eyes healthy as a type 1 diabetic starts with keeping your blood sugars stable. This means minimizing your highs and lows and effectively increasing your time and range. If you're also at risk for heart disease, that means your risk for diabetic retinopathy is higher too. So to address those risks, you'll want to make sure your doctor is testing everything they can to make sure that you're in the best health. The best ways to support your eye health include, first of all, eating a food protocol that supports your blood sugars, whether that's low carb, keto, vegetarian, paleo, you know, etc. I always recommend diabetics experiment with low carb to find out what their threshold for carbs is and then just go from there because it's different for everyone. But the lower you can get, the better. Regardless of your opinion on low carb and keto, reduce or eliminate sugars, flours, and processed foods. None of those help your blood sugars except to bring you out of a low and only in controlled doses like Smarties or fruit snacks or honey sticks or actually glucose tabs, which, you know, some people really just don't like glucose tabs. Jesse just made a face. So we're not talking about donuts here. Like, don't use a donut to bring your blood sugar up. That's not a good idea. It never works out well. I will say that. Also, quitting smoking. So smoking causes... 
an increase in your heart disease risk, which increases your retinopathy risk. It also increases your chances of getting cataracts, damaging your optic nerve, and macular degeneration, among other things. This also includes vaping as well, and I'm specifically talking to people like closer to my age, so around that 16 to 25 years of age, and you think vaping's awesome and totally cool. First of all, I have many opinions about this, and I will be sharing them right now because I have such rage. First of all, you're damaging your health and you're causing holes to be produced in your lungs, and that's not very good. Second of all, you're going to cause long-term damage to your body that's outside of your lungs. You're going to screw up your blood sugars, and that's not fun for anybody. And also, and this is the number one reason that I tell people why I don't smoke or vape, and I know it's probably awful, you're literally damaging the environment. Like, we have one planet, and you're just like, I don't know deciding to vape and cause more plastics and like non-recyclables and renewables to be produced. Like, no, I'm sorry. I just, I need to get that off my chest. I really don't like smoking or vaping. I think it's stupid. And I think you're on purposely trying to damage your health. If you do decide to smoke, I understand like there are, you know, certain medical conditions that come with like you know, it's a release of stress and like all the chemicals in your brain and stuff like that. And I get that. But at the same time, it's just like there's other ways to release stress. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> and the good news is if you the more times you attempt to quit, the more likely you are to succeed. So if you if you attempt to quit once and then fail, keep attempting to quit because the more you try it, then the closer you'll get to actually quitting. Also, marijuana can't stand the smell. Mm mm. Smells just like skunk. Can't stand the smell of skunk. Anyway, getting back to eye health, that was an interesting tangent on lungs. Another way to support your eye health includes wearing sunglasses to protect your eyeballs from the sun's UV rays because your eyes can burn just like your skin does. And I've never had this happen to me, but it cannot be pleasant. Um, wearing safety glasses whenever you're in a hazardous environment or there are airborne particles. Whether at home or on the job or at a job site, don't forget to wear eye protection or protective glasses for your face or face shields even when playing high impact sports as well. This is a good example in softball where the pitcher will usually wear a face masks, face mask to protect their eyes and stuff like that. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> so my husband right now is uh, basically building us an end table. And he's doing this on, on the patio, but he has to, like, stain it with, like, d really dark stain. And he's wearing a mask while he does it because of, you know, the fumes. You don't want to get those fumes in your lungs. We have N95 masks from, actually not from the pandemic. I bought them, like, a year before the pandemic started because of all the wildfires in Washington. And there was that one summer where it was just thick, thick smoke. And so I bought a box of N95s and they ended up being useful for COVID. <laughs> So, case in point, I'm like my family is staying safe with uh I guess that wasn't really eye protection, that was lung protection again, but you know, same same kind of thing with personal protective equipment. Back to your eyeballs. You also want to be aware of how long you're staring at screens. So if you work on your computer all day and then use it before or after work time, like I do, it's like from five in the morning until seven at night, I'm on my on my computer. You might end up with eye strain. So a good rule here is the 20-20-20 rule. And this just means every 20 minutes, 
look at something 20 feet away for 20 seconds. And that will help, uh, like, refocus your eyes to something that's farther away, and it'll help reduce that strain over time. You also want to make sure that your screens aren't getting any glare from the sun. I had that in our last apartment, and it hurt my eyes just so much that I would end up, like, taking a nap in the middle of the day just to, like, give my eyeballs a rest. You also want to visit the eye doctor on the regular. As type 1 diabetics, we're probably going to have our eyes dilated every time, which honestly is annoying, but uh, it's probably necessary. For me, at least, I, I always have this bad luck of my appointments being on sunny days, and that just makes the drive home after getting my eyes dilated a lot worse, like every single time. It's like, why is it sunny? Oh, it's because my eye, eye appointment is today. I swear they're related. In any case, we listed a few more resources in the show notes with some extra tips on keeping your eyes healthy, so go check those out if you're looking for more ideas. All right, and now we're going to get into what we personally do to protect our eyes in case this kind of helps you get some ideas. So every year, once a year, I go to the eye doctor and get checked for glaucoma, retinopathy, and to check, get my eyes checked in general. So like to see if I need glasses too. I don't have glasses right now, like not prescription glasses because I just don't need them. But when I do need to look at a computer for a long period of time, I do wear blue light glasses to protect against like eye strain or if I'm in the sun or not I'm in the sun, but my room is in the sun. It kind of helps with like preventing glare and stuff like that and it flashing back into my eyes. I really like them. They're really nice for me. I, I do use them quite a bit. I wear sunglasses when I go driving, even if it's on a cloudy day to prevent sun damage. This also helps with wearing sunscreen too. Even if it's on a cloudy day and you're just driving around, wear sunscreen and wear your glasses because the sun does have some pretty harmful rays against it. When it comes to working with heavy equipment, working in a lab setting or areas with heavy construction, I also wear eye protection to make sure that nothing gets in my eyes. It's very important to take care of your eyes because they are the only pair you have for the rest of your, your life. So I have had glasses since the first or second grade. And how we figured out that I needed them was my first and second grade teacher was teaching music and she was projecting the music on those really old like overhead projectors. I was sitting right up front and I couldn't read it, read it, a dang note, any of it. And she's like, you might need glasses. So since then, I've had glasses and... Over time, uh, both my nearsightedness and my astigmatism have both gotten worse. So, yay jeans! <laughs> uh, in any case, I go to the eye doctor every six months. And I think they bill one for medical and then one for vision because I get, uh, like, my, my prescriptions updated or any of that. But, like, I really get dilated every time and I sit through all of their different vision tests every time. And usually get pictures of my retinas taken, and that involves having a nice bright green light literally blind me for a few seconds, which is always fun. In everyday life, I wear transition lenses, and that's... Uh, I've only had transition lenses in the past few of my glasses. It wasn't always something I did, but I am considering getting just full-on prescription sunglasses just because the transitions don't transition that well, and <laughs> they... They really don't wrap around all the way, and it's just, it's not great, but it's like a good stopgap. So yeah, I'm just thinking about getting some prescription sunglasses to help protect my peepers. 
I also wear uh, like a baseball cap uh, when I go on walks or if I'm on a hike, then I have a wide brimmed sunshade hat for hiking. And I just got that sunshade hat and I've worn it the last couple times and it's pretty, pretty cool. And then uh, because I do work in the power industry, I wear safety glasses whenever I visit one of my company's power plants because those are required and they really do protect your eyeballs out there. All right, we're going to move into our diabetes spotlight now. And this was actually announced a few months ago at this point by the time you're listening to this. So we want to bring it back to your attention that Walmart has partnered with Novo Nordisk to provide lower cost generic insulin under the Relyon brand. And it's called Relyon Novolog. A single vial with 10 milliliters costs $78 or a pack of five pens with 15 milliliters across the five pens. So it'd be three in each. And that costs $86. And Beyond Type 1 did a really good write-up of this that you can find in the show notes. Compared to the uninsured price of over $360 per vial of Novolog, this is a pretty significant savings, but it still might not be low enough for a lot of people. So if you need help getting insulin, please go to getinsulin.org, and you can find that link in the show notes too. And then our audience question for you guys this week is, how are your eyeballs doing? Are you seeing your eye doctors regularly? If not, it might be time to schedule an appointment or time to get some glasses or contacts, whichever you prefer. And that is it for this episode of This is Type 1. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 108. That's 108. You can apply to be a guest by visiting thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade. If you want to hit a focus inspiration in your inbox every Wednesday, sign up for my email list at inspiredforward.com. I'm on all social media and Clubhouse as at inspiredforward, on the diabetes app as at Colleen Mitchell, and our email is colleen at inspiredforward.com. And our podcast Instagram is at this is type one pod. That's the number one in there, not the word. I'm personally on Instagram as at JJ underscore Crystal K-A-T. Please feel free to send me questions or comments you have about type 1 diabetes or about the show. If you do reach out on Instagram, please make sure you let me know you're a listener of the show. I would love to hear y'all's feedback. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to listen next week for another episode about real life with type 1 diabetes. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.